you can take away that will help you. And so, uh, you know, but, you know, there are uh, all kinds of things that I could say. And, you know, obviously I'm not a female, so I don't necessarily consider myself the most qualified guy or person to speak But uh, on this. But I do feel like that the Lord has given me some things in my heart to share with you today. And so one of the things, though, that I think that any mom could do is laugh a little bit more. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that laughter is good like a medicine. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's good just to laugh a little bit, even if you have to laugh at yourself. And if you don't want to laugh at yourself, laugh at your kids because they give you plenty of material, right? And, uh, you know, so, but uh, somebody actually had posted something on Facebook this week and it kind of sparked an idea. So I kind of ran down the rabbit hole. And so I want to share some things with you but uh, about this. And these are just memorable mom quotes, things to make you laugh. But, uh, you know... I think that it's important that uh, that life gets crazy enough and sometimes you got to stop and breathe and remember like, hey, it's not the end of the world. You know, my mom used to make a statement, did anybody die? Then it's not the end of the world. You know, it's like, it's okay. We're going to be all right. And, um, you know, but sometimes you have to laugh so you don't cry, right? How many moms know what I'm talking about? You laugh so you don't cry. Sometimes you laugh to keep from killing your kids, right? I mean, it's, it's like... I got to laugh at you because if not, I'm going to get a little angry. But, but you laugh to have a good day. And so just putting a smile on your face. You know, I didn't go look, up, look it up to remind myself of the details. But I forgot that it, how many muscles it takes to frown. And it's way more muscles than it takes to smile. And yet there's something to be said for smiling. So I want to give you kind of my top ten list of my memorable quotes here. And so these are just fun, just to make you laugh, but they'll be on the screens as well. And so the first one is this, is that silence is golden. Unless you have kids, then silence is just suspicious. Dare actually made this comment last night. She goes, it's too quiet. Where are the kids? So this next one, I just, I have a picture for you. So obviously kids sleeping when the vacuum's going, when the car horn rings, when the phone rings. Mom closes her eyes. Hello. I'm all awake, right? How many moms identify with that one? Yeah. And uh, so that was. Now this one here goes along with this one as well. But it says, I love all my kids equally, except for the one that sleeps. I love that one more. I know some of you moms are like, absolutely. This one here is funny. It says, the quickest way for a mom to get her child's attention is to sit down and look comfortable. Any mom felt, ever felt like a jungle gym? Yep. Now, I like this one because I'm sarcastic, so I like this one. But it says, when my kids act up in public, I like to yell, wait till I tell your mother, and I pretend like they aren't mine. I like that one. That one's pretty funny. I don't know what number I'm on, but the next one is this, is that moms of teens know why some animals eat their young. Uh-huh. That one got the best reaction yet. I thought it might be kind of quiet and be like, oh. <laughs> I don't know about that one. This is, the, this is actually the one that I saw that inspired this whole piece of this morning. This week, one of our ladies posted it. And I thought, man, I've never heard that, but it's pretty funny. I could hear my mom saying it. And she says, uh, if you're going to test my waters, make sure you know how to swim. <laughs> that's hey husbands that's some good advice for us okay i'm just uh, just gonna let you in there if you're gonna test the waters make sure you got a life vest on because you might not be able to swim as well as you think and uh, 
Here's another one. Whoever wrote the song, Easy Like Sunday Mornings, didn't have kids. Now this last one is the number one most famous. This is from Betty White. And she says, it's not easy being a mom. If it were easy, fathers would do it. I thought, man, pretty funny stuff. And so, you know, look, I just wanted to help you laugh for a little bit. You know, I mean, I think, and look, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody, is that we can take ourselves too seriously and we rob ourselves of the joy of life uh, many times. And we're so focused on doing and I've got this and that and all. Sometimes you just got to stop and laugh a little bit. And, uh, you know, another quote that's not really a funny one, but it really stood out to me is it says that there's nothing more sincere than a mother's kiss. You know, or you could say a mother's hug or, you know, there's something special about the heart of a mom uh, that dad will never be, can't be, doesn't possess the abilities to be. And so no matter what is that you're always mom. And I believe that uh, we were singing about earlier is that that the reckless love of God and some people... um, You say, well, God's not reckless. Well, the word reckless simply means to put yourself in harm's way on behalf of another. And I think moms do that almost on a daily basis. Is that they will always fight for the best for their kids and fight because of the heart of a mom that just won't stop. They just keep fighting and keep going. It doesn't, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter how many times the, the... your child may have screwed up, you still can't give up on them. And that's the heart and the love of a mother. And there's something so sincere and honest about that. And so, you know, and I, and I do realize, and, and I want to acknowledge this because I do think it's important, is that even though today is Mother's Day, and it is a very important day that we honor moms, but also, uh, you know, I, I know that it can bring up a lot of uh, emotions as well, because not everybody has a great relationship or had a great relationship with their mom. Uh, some of you aren't even moms yet. And so it's like, well, how does this apply to me? You know, some of you may have strained and distant relationships. Others, um, you know, and even in that, I would encourage you to think of the people in your life who have filled the role of a mom in your life. I'll give you an example of this. My wife lost her mom when she was 17. Well, that's, over 20 years ago, but there's been lots of ladies who have kind of filled in that space for her. And so, you know, even in this day is that, yes, it can create all kinds of emotions and feelings and, you know, and not everything's always good, right? I mean, we live in a broken world. We, we live in a place that's not perfect. You know, I know that some of you really long to be a mother and this is just kind of like a, kind of like a stab a little bit. Because your desire is to be a mom, but yet you aren't yet. And so right now you're left kind of waiting and wondering, right? And that's a pain maybe unlike anything else in a way. That you, you have this desire and this longing. Some of you may be on the flip side of that and wonder, what have I gotten myself into? You're like, is there a return policy on this one? You know, like... <laughs> Is there, a, is there like a buyout program, a trade-in program? Like, how do we get there? Some of you have lost a child or maybe even a few children. And what I would want you to know today is that God knows your pain. God sees it. He, he's not ignoring it. He sees you and he loves you and he wants things for you. Some of you no longer have your, your moms in your life because she's no longer with you. And that ache feels a little closer today. Because of the reminders. But this is what I would encourage you is to remember all that 
Because here's the thing, is that people may physically die, but they live on through us. They do. We, we're shaped by the people that come into our life. And I don't think anybody shapes us more than our parents. And, and so think back and remember all of the good things that you do have from your mom, even if you can't spend time with her, even if you would do anything to have that one more phone call. Is that even on this day where there may be some ache, is that God wants to what? To stir up in you. And so here is my thing to share with you today, my one big idea. And I'm going to share some things about it. And I think this is true for all ladies today. And I'm going to share with you why this is so important is that I want you to hear this, is that there is grace for you today. There really is grace today. And we throw that word around many times, and you know, but I believe that it also, that God's grace can what? Enable us to smile when we're hurting. And I don't mean being fake. I don't mean like putting on the front, because ladies are great at this. I mean like to really still have the, the calmness of your heart and this, the peace of God on the inside of you, that there is grace for you today. And it doesn't matter the burden that you carry. It doesn't matter the weight upon your shoulders. God's grace, and this is what I want to share with you for the next few moments, is that grace is much more than just a little help. Sometimes we hear that word grace and we hear it thrown around and, and we kind of have ideas or concepts of, of what it is, is that really is that grace is, is a strength to go beyond our capabilities and our limits. So grace is the ability, it's the strength to go beyond what we can do in and of ourselves. Now, you can take that as a burden, and really easy. Like, you mean my best isn't good enough, is how you can hear what I just said. But what I want you to hear is that what grace does is that it actually, um, it, it doesn't bring a burden, but it actually lightens the burden. It really does. That's the way the grace of God works in our lives is it doesn't come, you know, because we can make even our Christian walk just religion, right? Where it's just a list of rules and, and things that we have to do and all of these things. But we're not really living from grace. We're living out of a, a rule book. Well, there's nothing like easy about a rule book. Why? Because the rule book just points out everything you did wrong. But grace actually what it lightens the load. And it enables us to be who God has created us, gifted us, called us to be. You know, in Matthew chapter 11, I quote this verse a lot, but in verse, starting in verse 28, Jesus makes a statement and he says, are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? He says, then come to me. And I've highlighted the word come because that's very important. Is that we have to make the decision that when we're burdened, where we go. Because we have choices. We can either look to ourselves. We can look inside of ourselves. We can just try to muster up our own strength to be better, to do better. All of these things. And yet Jesus here says that when you're carrying a heavy, heavy burden, choose to come to me. Don't go to somebody else. Look, there's, there's nothing wrong with getting away for a day. But a day in the sun will not relieve your soul. It, it, it might make you feel better in some ways, some avenues, but that vacation thing is not going to satisfy you at a very deep level. 
And yet here Jesus says, come to me. And he says, I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. He said, simply join your life with mine. He says, learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle and humble and easy to please. Let me just ask you, mom. When was the last time that you loved somebody that was easy to please? And yet Jesus says, hey, I... I'm not challenging. I'm not somebody else to add another weight to your life. No, I'm easy to please. And he goes on, he says, you will find refreshment and rest in me. One translation says, you will find rest for your soul. You'll find rest for your soul. The message translation of verse 29 and 20 or 29 and 30 says this. It says to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I can't tell you how many times that I am around women that are just burdened. They're weighed down and they're heavy because of the responsibilities that they feel. For whatever reason, in our culture, many times it seems like men can absolve themselves of those responsibilities. And that's not always the truth. So I'm not trying to stereotype it. But by and large, moms are the ones that stick and stay. And moms are the ones who, who fight at a different level and, you know, and they really do these things. And yet Jesus says that if you will learn and if you'll come to him, you can learn these unforced rhythms. I'm not looking to add weight. I'm not looking to add pressure. I'm actually want to help. But you've got to come. You've got to come. You've got to turn to him. Look to him. He goes on here in the message and he says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. He says, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, I know there's a chapter in the Bible that maybe you've read and maybe you hadn't, but it seems like this picture, it's the Psalms, or I'm sorry, the Proverbs 31 woman. Anybody ever went and read the chapter and just thought, yeah, right. I don't know who she is or what crew she had behind her. You know, I mean, it's like when you see these uh, amazing pictures or the house or whatever it is that people, these perfectly staged photos, you know, that we see online. You don't see the 50 people behind them that made all that happen, <laughs> you know. And so many times we can get caught in that. And yet I want, I want to share just a couple of verses with you out of Proverbs 31. And really, I want you to, to hear this. I mean, in context, this is actually speaking to a wife specifically, but I would encourage all women to listen to this because this is how God sees you. And in verse 10 of Proverbs 31, it says, Who can find a virtuous or a capable wife? It says, She is more precious than rubies. You're precious to the heart of God. You're valuable to the heart of God. And when you know your value... It changes how you view yourself. You know, I I think many times is that ladies can be extraordinarily critical of themselves. Way more than a man. Like a man can be overweight, bald, gray everywhere and just be like, I make this look good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, any wives say otherwise. I mean... There's, I don't know, there's something about a guy, we just love us some us, right? We're just real confident. And we just like, I mean, you know, we just do. Ladies don't have that trait. Ladies can look fabulous and be like, I look horrible. 
But that's not what everybody else sees. And that's not what everybody else thinks. And so the enemy, if you're not careful, will work in your mind. And yet the Bible here says that you are more precious than rubies. It says her husband or her family can trust her. And she will greatly enrich his or their life. You're more valuable than you know. You bring more to the table than you probably think. But yet, you have to see yourself from Scripture. You have to see yourself from God's perspective. Is that God has trusted you to raise babies, to raise these little ones. And it's so important that we understand this. It goes on in verse 25 and 26 of Proverbs 31. It says that she is clothed with strength and with dignity. And I know some of you probably don't feel very strong today. But you can if you'll come to Jesus. That's the source of your strength. It says that she's clothed with strength and with dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. It says when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. See, there's, there's something about the heart of a mom that is just softer than that of dad, right? Like when you're a kid and you, you messed up, you didn't go to dad and be like, dad, let me tell you what I did. You know, one of the things that I didn't put on my list of top 10 was like, hey, mom, thanks for all the things I did that you never told dad about. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I got a few of those for sure. But there's something to be said, though, and that, that moms, I want you to know that God has not left you on your own to try to raise your kids. Is that there is grace, there is God's ability at work, and I would go as far as to say that there's actually an anointing upon you to mother your family, to raise your kids. And with that anointing comes wisdom, and with that anointing comes grace, and with that anointing comes an ability to help shape them and mold them into the future that God has called them. Now, I have to make an important distinction. Not the future that you've called them to. The Bible says to train up a child in the way that he should go, right? It actually means in their specific bent or in their specific gifting, in their calling. In other words, by their design. Well, their design doesn't always look like our design. You know, and sometimes those things are a little different. And, you know, I, I believe, it, and this is just a definition, not one that I looked up, just one that I wrote in, in thought of as I, what I wanted to communicate is that I believe that motherhood could be defined like this, is that it's strength wrapped in kindness, grace, and wisdom. Motherhood is strength. I mean, I know we all, men, we want to act big and, Strong and we may be physically, but I don't know that any one of us would realistically say that we're stronger than our wives, stronger than the women and the moms in our life and the things that they put up with. Because women have a strength, I'll say it this way, they have a gear that men just don't possess. They just don't. And so that's why the Bible says, like, even when it talks about men and women, that they're equals. We're not in competition. We're to help one another, serve one another. Why? Because people are watching, right? But yet, if we're not careful, we can minimize each other's roles. And our culture is fighting very hard to try to diminish those roles. I mean, it's that whole idea that we're different, but we are equal. Right? 
And here, and I believe that, that one of the traits of motherhood that is um, so much like the heart of God is the tenderness of a mother. And that is the heart of God. I mean, we see it. And so, you know, I believe that, you know, I said a moment ago about that I believe that God gives you wisdom on raising your kids. Now, I realize some of you are like, my kids are grown. Like, this doesn't apply to me. Oh, yes, it still does. Absolutely. Because one thing that never happens is you never outgrow the need of a mom. You need people to speak into your life and to speak into your heart. So I want to give you an example of this in my own life. You know, uh, obviously, I'm a pastor, I'm in ministry, and, you know, but when I graduated from high school, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, well, I'm going to the ministry. I'd been saved like six months, so I was definitely ready, and uh, definitely qualified, and, uh, you know, it might have been more than, eh, it might have been a year, I guess, but needless to say, I wasn't even close to being ready, although I thought I was in my mind. And so I was really, uh, it kind of became a point of contention between me and my dad specifically. Um, the reason it was a point of contention was my dad had never gone to college. And my dad said, I want you to have choices that I never had. Well, I didn't care about my choices. I had made my choice. And, uh, you know, but so it kind of was a point of contention. I didn't want to go to school. He wanted me to go to school. Right? I'll just tell him myself. And this kind of speaks about the love of, of, of a mom. This is off subject, but I'll get back to it. I remember one time I was working for my dad at the time, and on the way home, I got in a wreck. The sun hit the window, whatever, blah, blah, and I hit the back of somebody's car. I walked in the door, and my dad's like, how did you not get here before me? And I'm already, like, ticked off. Like, I'm fumed. And, uh, you know, and, and so he, and so I said something about, like, I wrecked my truck or whatever, and he just said my name, and I went, like, red line. And I was going for him. Like, I was going to go fight him. I was so angry. And I'll never forget my mom stepped between me and him and just grabbed me. And the moment she did, I just started crying. She totally disarmed me with a hug. I mean, I don't even remember seeing her. That's how angry I was. I mean, I, and I'm not typically like a fighter in that manner. In that moment, I was ready. And I'm probably 20 years old, by the way. <laughs> I'm not like... A 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid who just wrecked it. I mean, and she stepped in and just grabbed me. And how many times has our mom's done that for us? Stepped between us and our mess, right? Right into that moment. And, and I remember, though, that when this was going on, because this was all kind of in the same season. You know, this was shortly, the accident was shortly thereafter. But um, I remember it, and I mean, I went and talked to different people, and I'm trying to get anybody to be on my side so that I could go do what God's called me to do. And it's like, how could you be against God's calling in my life and all these things? And I'll never forget my mom sat me down one day. And she said, David, I know what's in your heart, but as your mom, I'm telling you, you're not ready. And she told me, she said, when Jesus was 12 and he was in the temple, and Mary had lost Jesus for three days. Anybody ever lost your kid for three days? <laughs> Much less the Son of God. Like the one that angels showed up to pronounce his coming. It's like, you all right. No, don't worry. And yet what happens is Jesus when goes and, and he tells Mary, she's like, you know, what have you done? I mean, I'm sure she wasn't like, oh, Jesus, I'm glad we found you. Come along, son, let's go. She's probably like jerking by the hair. Like, how could you do this? <laughs> you know, 
And he's like, well, didn't you know that I should be about my father's business? And she's like, you're not ready. Let's go home. See, Mary was discerning of the moment, right? Fast forward 18 years at a wedding that we call the wedding at Cana. They're like, hey, we're running out of wine. And Jesus is like, that ain't my problem. And Mary's like, yes, it is. She's discerning. Why? She's discerning that now is your time. 18 years ago, Jesus, no. Now you flip it, and Jesus is saying no, and Mary says, it's time. I love, like, only in the way that a mother could do, because Jesus, you know, because Mary's like, Jesus, make some wine. He's never performed a miracle. Nothing's ever happened. It's like Mary doesn't even hear Jesus saying no. She looks at the people with him and just says, hey, do whatever he says, and walks out the room. In other words, no was not an answer. Like, Jesus, I'm not, I'm not, I'm your mom and I'm not really asking. You're going to figure it out. But, and obviously there was a supernatural moment there. Jesus couldn't just do this on his own. But what we miss in that text is that Jesus, or that Mary discerned the season in Jesus' life and said, now is the time. Now is the moment. I mean, we don't really know what happened to Joseph or when. After Jesus is 12, we never hear of Joseph again in Scripture. So we don't know. We have no idea what happened to Joseph in this point. But I remember my mom telling me that. And so I ended up going to school. Begrudgingly. Very, very begrudgingly. But I did it just to honor my parents. And quite frankly, nobody was calling me to preach anyway, so I don't know what I was going to do. Just, you know, I don't know what my plan was, but I had a plan. It just wasn't quite paving out like I thought so far. You know, I don't really know how that works. But, but Mary had discerned those moments in the seasons of Jesus' life, and she guided him towards his destiny, even in his worst moments. He's hanging on the cross, and yet Jesus is there. And you want to know the heart of, of Jesus and how much he loved his mom? She's actually one of the last people that he spoke about before he passed, before he died on the cross. One of the last acts that Jesus did physically on the earth was to take care of his mom. Think about that. That tells you the, the closeness that they had. So moms, I want you to, to lean in a little bit this morning. And I'm going to repeat something I've already told you. Because I want you to hear it is that there's grace for you today. There's grace in every season, in every moment for you. See, I believe that there really is an anointing on you to be a mom. To mother your babies and whether they're physically in diapers or whether they're supposedly adults today. That supposedly is loose, by the way. Because some of your kids may be grown, but they still need your wisdom and they still need your love and they still need your insight because you're mom. And God has uniquely gifted you and given you grace upon you for them. And you may say, but you don't know my kids. Well, trust me, for a long time, it looked like that nothing that my parents were doing was working. But yet here I am today. And I have sisters that you could say the same things about. But if you're not careful, what will happen is, even in regards to your kids, and you can take on that, that almost allow the weight of that to overwhelm you, 
Thinking I have to guide my kids. And if my kids are screw-ups, then I failed. Well, not necessarily. If my kids don't, don't, aren't the way that I think that they should be. No, the Bible even says train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old... He will not depart, which means there were seeds that were sown. And so you don't always see the reward of what you've done in the moment. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time and some school of hard knocks for those kids to go, you know what? Mom was pretty smart. She did know what she was talking about. But see, if we're not careful, we will take on the burden of these things. And so on one hand, I want to tell you and I want to encourage you not to underestimate yourself. On one side of it, because you have more to offer than you think, you're you're stronger than you know. But on the other side of that, I also want to tell you, you need to give yourself a break. Because ultimately, your kids are God's kids. Right? And as much as you care about them, as much as you love them, as much as you want the best for them, God wants even more. And so we have to be able to entrust our babies to him. And we can pray for them and we can love them. And so, you know, I mentioned this earlier, but I don't know that there's anybody who's more critical of themselves than a mom. I really don't. I mean, I've sat and talked with women many times and, uh, you know, just with struggling with it. And it always comes back and they're just unbelievably critical. You know, I'm just doing my best, but I just don't feel like it's enough. You ever thought that? Like there's always more. It's never enough. Like, well, I got this done today, but I didn't get this and this done today. Right? And there's just always that pressure. I should be more like this person or why can't I be like them? And and, and we always are comparing. I wish I could be better, but I just can't seem to get it together today. Right? I mean, these, these thoughts and maybe it's just the emotions of you're laying in bed and the day hasn't even started and all you're thinking about is I'm already overwhelmed. And the kids aren't even up yet. And you're just overwhelmed. I want to share a scripture with you about this. It comes out of 1 Peter chapter 5 and in verse 7. It says, pour out all of your worries and your stress upon him being Jesus. And leave them there. Take all of your stress and all of your worries. Well, how can I leave them? Because there's grace and because ultimately the weight that you feel is not yours to bear. You've taken on a burden that's not yours. It goes on and it says that we're to, to pour, it says pour out or lay out all of your stress, all the worries. For God always tenderly cares for you. Now, the picture here and the word picture that we have is actually like loading up a donkey or a cow. Like in biblical terms, it's actually called a beast of burden. It's a very strong animal intended. Its intended purpose is to carry the load. That's what this verse is actually talking about. When Jesus is saying, uh, cast all of your cares and Placed him on me. What he's actually saying is to take the load off of your shoulder and to lay it upon his back. Why? Because he's called to carry the burden, not you. But we can take on the weight. We can take on the worry. We can take on the stress and say, I have to do this. No, what you have to do is to tap into the grace of God. And the only way you can tap into the grace of God is to come to Jesus. That's how life works for every one of us. Male, Or female. 
But we can, what, take on the pressures. I mean, I, I live in this tension all the time. So this is actually something I do feel somewhat qualified to speak to. If I choose to, I can allow the pressure of pastoring people to completely overwhelm me and just say, I'm never going to do this. And I have tried, and it's miserable. Because I take on the responsibility in the way. But in reality, no, there's a grace on my life to do certain things. But there are certain places that, no, I'm not qualified for. And so, even in regards to my role with you, like, I pray for you, yes. I don't take on the weight of your life because I can't. Because that would, what, crush. And yet, many times, ladies do that. I see it all the time. They take on the weight and the responsibility, and it's that load is crushing. And yet, the Bible says here is that we're to take that load and to cast it over on Jesus and leave it. In other words, when I pray about it, I take my hands off of it. Jesus, I trust you with my kids. Doesn't mean I don't have a part. Doesn't mean I don't have a role. Doesn't mean that there's not a grace in my life to do that. But I have to, what, remember that yes, I'm mom, but I'm not savior. Right? If we're not careful, we can have this savior complex. I remember years ago, my, one of my brother-in-laws, who was one of my close friends in high school, and he's a psychologist, and I was a youth pastor for a number of years, and, and we were talking about something, and I, and, and I was really frustrated. And he kind of laughed, and he goes, oh, you have the savior complex. And I said, say what? <laughs> like, what is that? And he was like, you forgot that you can't save those kids. Only Jesus can do that. And that was a freeing moment for me. Because I realized he was right. And if we're not careful, we will take the, the responsibility and the weight of trying to save our kids instead of trust, entrusting them to the one who can actually save them. Who can, who's the one who can actually change their heart? It's very different when we learn to trust the Lord. So I'm going to go back to where we started in Matthew 11. The Bible says is that, are you weary or carrying a heavy burden? Jesus says, come. Jesus says, come. I mean, we hear this all the time, but ladies, it's very important that you take care of your heart. You take care of your soul because you can't give from an empty tank. You can't. If you... If you're empty, you've got nothing to give and and you will keep pressing and keep fighting and keep pressing and keep fighting until there's just nothing left of you. And we do that when we stop relying on the grace of God. And there are days when you're kids and you're just going to have to, this would be my encouragement for you to pray, is God, I'm just going to lean into your grace. I don't have a clue what to say to my kid right now. I want to wring their neck right now. They're being really stupid right now. They're embarrassing me right now, whatever it may be. God, I'm going to lean into your grace because you've called me to be their mom. And if you've called me to be their mom, then you've equipped me to be their mom. That's what grace is. So I want you to know that your prayers matter. Your influence matters. Your presence matters. You're the only mom that your kids are ever going to have. They may have some people who will fill in the gaps and fill in the holes here and there and all these. 
but you're the only mom. You're the only one. So I think the greatest goal is not that you would be perfect. Perfect's impossible. But I think one of the greatest things that you could do for your kids as a mom is to show them how an imperfect person turns to Jesus for strength. Amen.